Hello and welcome to the Veer Vulnerabilis Veer podcast. I'm Adam Glinsky. And I'm Albert Imperato. We help men communicate and build empathy. All right, we're on the second leg of our doubleheader today, Albert. It's been a pleasure hanging out with you um, this Sunday afternoon. But um, yeah, I'm really stoked about this one. We've got a great backstory and you know, I think this is going to be a really fun one to share with anyone. So uh, tell us a little bit about um, how, how you met Christopher and why do you want to bring him on here today? Well, I'm just going to just say when you said doubleheader, uh-huh. that just reminded me it's a, it's a stunning spring Memorial Day weekend day. It's very bright blue skies. It's gorgeous. But the doubleheader remind, just reminded me of baseball season not mm-hmm. being here with us, you know, as a Yankees fan who spent a lot of time in that stadium with my with my grandfather. I'm missing baseball. I don't know about you. Um, but anyway, it was fun to hear the word doubleheader. It's just it's amazing <laughs> yes. how that word conjures up like a whole world of of Americana. That's why I used it because I know you're a huge baseball fan. So that was that was great. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's really funny how things work with the show. We've interviewed people that I've talked to a gazillion times, uh, DM'd with, video chatted with. And then there's some people who come by who I don't really know very well. And uh, while we were interviewing uh, Neil Barrett of uh, Standard and Strange, he, at the end of the interview, uh, when we were off air, said, oh, you should talk to Christopher at, at Meadow, which is the store, uh, me- uh, men's clothing store in, in Malmo, uh, Sweden. And, and um, I was like, oh, okay, that's great. Neil is such a gr- was such a great guest, and we had such a great show. And I thought, how could I not take Neil's recommendation? I remember... Um, you know, uh, making a note. And I said, oh, next day I'm going to reach out to, to Christopher. And the morning I woke up, a second person wrote to me and say, oh, have you, have you been reading the post by Christopher on, on the Meadow Instagram feed? Uh, this is my buddy, Tim, uh, high on indigo was his handle. And he said, you really should talk to Christopher. I was like, oh my God, like two people in a row. It's like, you know, this, this, it was clear, a clear indication that this had to happen. So I was really touched. I wrote to Christopher. He wrote back quickly, which thank you, because a lot of people, they don't write back. And um, we had a sort of a preliminary chat um, last weekend. And uh, wow, what a story. I mean, a lot happens sometimes in a lifetime and a lot happens sometimes in a year. And it seems like what happened to this guy this past year is kind of a lifetime. So it's like you never know what the speed of light is going to be. Life it is kind of like the speed of life. Um, so anyway, uh, that's really what this story is going to be about, is about how much happened to Christopher in one year. He's going to tell us this story, and uh, we're going we're to glean some lessons from it. And uh, Adam, I'll, leave, I'll turn it over to you for his rather colorful bio that he sent us. Yes, I'm uh, very excited to, to dive into this. So Christopher Atkinson is the founder of Meadow. He was born and raised in a small town of 17,000 people, one hour from Malmo. As a talented soccer goalkeeper, he ranked as one of the best in the country. Christopher had a back injury in his late teens where he couldn't play for 10 months. During that time, he discovered music. His life took a new direction. He quit soccer and played guitar and drums in various bands instead. Christopher also picked up skateboarding. His old soccer friends thought he was kind of a weirdo all of a sudden. After high school, he had some various jobs, which eventually led to him moving to Malmo in 2007. Christopher took a job in commercial clothing store in Copenhagen, Denmark. A year later, a friend called him and asked him if he wanted to open up a store, something he had uh, talked about him with about a year and a half earlier. He said, sure. So Christopher quit his job a couple of days later and then opened up the store the same week of the 2008 Wall Street crash that peaked in Europe. 
So Christopher, uh, wild backstory here. We're excited to, to hear about this year. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this with us today. Thank you. It's uh, great being here. I had, yes. some, uh, I had some crazy, weird references to this show, thinking about what the theme of this show is. First, I thought of Queen Elizabeth when she used the phrase Annus Horribilis, that year that's just so horrible that you could barely, you don't want to go back and think about it. But yours actually is more like Dickens. I, I thought of, uh, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, the beginning, famous beginning of Tale of Two Cities. Um, anyway, it's a little bit of both, right? You've had, you've had uh, quite the adventure this year. Uh, so we're going to kind of frame this, uh, this past year. Um, I asked you to send me a little timeline just because when we talked last weekend, it was just, I was following along thinking I should really be taking notes, but I was outside just enjoying the sun and I didn't. So you sent me these notes. And the first thing that you said was on your timeline, like May, 2019, that you said you decided to close down your store. So you had been open, what, eight years maybe? Or yeah, no longer. Yeah, we opened in 2008. So that would be 10 and a half year, right? That's uh, quite a while. We opened up uh, kind of everything ties together pretty quick, uh, good here with uh, the Wall Street, uh, the financial crisis. That's when it started. And now we're in a different crisis around the globe. Um, but yeah, in uh, 2008, we started. And uh, 10 and a half years later, I was kind of done, you know, struggling. And just because it's not, it's not like glamour when you uh, run a clothing store all the time. It's uh, a lot of, it's a lot of work, a lot of pressure, a lot of money coming in and out, <laughs> sometimes mostly out, it seems. So I was just kind of fed up with the whole thing. And I was un uninspired. Yeah, I was un uninspired and I was, I was thinking just getting a nine to five job and be more comfortable, have my five, six weeks of paid vacation as we do here in sweden or if it's more i don't know i've never had any <laughs> i kind of don't know but yeah so i decided to close down the store and it, it was so good i felt like uh, this big weight that i didn't even know that i was carrying just dropped off my shoulders and it was like the best feeling i've had for so many years so uh, yeah but then uh, yeah, I told a friend. <laughs> uh, I actually kind of just told one friend, and um, and like three days later, he came back to me and said, "Like, man, I haven't been able to sleep uh, because of what you said." <laughs> and uh, I didn't understand. Like, I was unbothered with it. I was just relieved. But now I, you had this burden of me closing the store. Um, so he convinced me to like uh, to carry on. And said, "Well, that's uh, that's stupid. Uh, you should really not close down the store because it's you've been building this brand for ten years, and that's not an easy thing to do. It's probably worth money, or to someone, it's worth something. So you you should look into that instead." So I was like, "All right, so I'm not closing the store. Um, sure, why not?" Um, and I just told another friend that, "Yeah, I was about to close the store, but..." Now I'm not allowed to close the store because uh, he tells me. And uh, three days later, he comes back to me like this other guy and, and says, what was that? We got to the friend tells you not to close the store. I was asking you if you had a business partner. So, I mean, in other words, 
you could make a decision to close the store. You didn't have to consult with a business partner. It was totally your decision to close the store. Uh, no, I, I um, back in when was this? Uh, like two years before this, I I spoke with my like original business partner that I started the store with, and he went along. That kind of inspired me as well to like move along because he got a really good job at this. Yeah. So huge, not to interrupt, uh, but um, did you have a business partner at, that you had like to consult about closing the store, day. or were you there, just yeah, able to there, say I'm going to close the store? Between. And um, so that kind of drove me to like, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Uh, I'll, I'll, I think I'll have that as well. You know, a good salary and working Monday to Friday, long paid vacations. Yeah. So, but I was alone at the time. Yeah. So, so your friend has basically said, no, you cannot do this. Why did that, why did that friend have such authority with you? <laughs> That, that's a very, uh, that's serious to impact your life so much that you said, okay, I'm not going to do it. How did that happen? I, I think it uh, sounded, uh, sounded interesting to me as well. Like, would someone be interested in Meadow? Like, would someone want to invest in this or would someone actually buy the whole thing? Uh, I didn't get it because when you're so caught up in everything, just like paying bills and working every day, you kind of don't, you know, you don't get this bird's eye view where you actually can see that you're doing something of worth because you're, yeah, you're just so caught up with bills and everyday struggle. So when he said that, it kind of just made sense also. And I'm pretty easygoing. So <laughs> <laughs> I just took his word for it. So at that point, then your plan, your new plan became to try to find uh, an investor basically to change the the day-to-day -day profile of your company, maybe give you more resources, give you a little bit of change, yeah. et cetera. Exactly. Like uh, equity has always been a struggle. Um, it's um, that has been like, since we started, we kind of just started like because of the financial crisis and also because we had no idea what we were doing. We were only like 20, the 23 and 24 years old when we opened so we were just like naive kids just yeah let's do this and we just lost so much money so the uh, we never had any you know any money to work with so we're just trying to make every month work kind of and that was the tiring part in the in the end uh, so yeah so i needed like an investor just to like kind of just give me that strength that energy to actually be able to do the things that i actually wanted to do um yeah so i told my other friend about this idea uh the same day more or less and he will say yeah yeah that sounds he was he's a he's a, you know he's a relaxed guy and he's like yeah it sounds sounds reasonable cool let's do yeah you should do that <laughs> and uh three days later he comes back to me and uh, proposes um the specific company um, that I cannot mention just not yet. Um, and I say, yeah, yeah, that sounds actually, that is, that is actually a pretty good idea. I know a few people. I met the CEO once and actually he was the one telling me to move the store from like this off location to this uh, A location where we are today. That was the only time I met him, but we were both kind of drunk. So I don't even know that <laughs> if he remembers that. Uh, but I did remember just this one thing that he said that made me move to a commercial location, which kind of went against what I thought was cool. But I, you know, screw it. He he is he is the man, you know. 
So that's, yeah. So I, I, I contacted this company, but the, the two friends I had. And, uh, well, first, the, the, the woman that I called first, she just, she actually laughed at my idea because it was so unprepared. I called her five minutes after I got this idea from my friend. <laughs> so she's like, well, if you're going to bring that to the CEO, <laughs> uh, that will probably fail pretty miserably because uh, he's not in for like any like hippies or dreamers or anything. <laughs> like he wants boom, 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 because he's a businessman. And I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. I, that, I just got this idea five minutes ago, so I hadn't prepared anything. And she was like, yeah, that's good. You, you should really work on that. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then she said, well, I will talk to this uh, your other friend here and see if like what he says, because he he works higher up in the company. And uh, and I said, yeah, cool, but do not tell the CEO anything because I have nothing prepared. Just keep it between you 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 two guys. And uh, that was that. And like two hours later, um, this other guy, he, he texted me and asked, like, can we have a FaceTime call tomorrow? Uh, and I'm sure, sure. Cool. It, he seems excited. And uh, so we booked the day after and uh, he calls me up and he's like, he's excited. I'm, I noticed like, this, this sounds so cool. This sound, yeah, this is really interesting. Uh, can you tell me what you thought? And I still had not any presentation. So I was like, it was the same five minute prepared presentation she got and he was like yeah yeah anyways i went in, into the ceo yesterday and told told him like should we should we buy a meadow <laughs> so that was the first thing they did and he was the ceo was like hmm sounds interesting yeah let's have a meeting with him so it wasn't much more difficult than that and uh but the thing is this was in may uh, and his vacation well, he, he, he's got a good company. So the whole summer went by because he was on vacation. Um, so I was engaged at this time as well, but that relationship wasn't really good. So yeah, fast forward to September and I break up with uh, my fiance uh, since three years back. And uh, two days after that, he... he, he um, he, he uh, calls me again and he's like, yeah, should we have that meeting now? Like as if he was waiting for me to break up with my fiance, <laughs> almost. Um, but uh, so like a week later, he, um, he we had this meeting, which I prepared like a massive presentation for and then realized this is not me. So I just uh, erased everything and just went up there and spoke to him for like four hours. And um yeah, we, we hit it off. We, we were mostly talking about life and uh, the business and how Meadow came along and his company uh, started and how's it going and uh, music. He was a touring drummer in, in his youth. And I was uh, not perhaps a touring musician, but <laughs> I played a, a lot of gigs. Um, so we really hit it off. Um, and that's how it started. And um, uh, yeah. So everything just looked so perfect. It's the end of the year, Christmas time. You're having, um, yeah. oh my God, my ship has come in. This is it, man. I'm jamming. And then, of course, the new year begins and, and some, some stuff happens. Do you actually felt, when did you meet this other gal who enters the picture? We, I, I, um, I started following her on Instagram in November. And we were in late October, I think, but we started talking by the, um, by early November, like the first or second, actually. 
and we really hit it off. Uh, she's a Canadian, but so like we just became really good friends and we were texting like between, I don't know, somewhere between 20 and 200 texts a day, just like small. We were conversating the whole time from morning to evening, which was super nice. And I realized kind of quickly, like just after a couple of weeks, I told her like, you know that you're kind of my new best friend, right? And uh, she was, she was the same way. Like, yeah, yeah, I feel the exact same way. And um, so that was cool. But did you talk to her? Did you talk to her at all about the fact that you had just broken off a three-year yeah. engagement? Oh, yeah. you did. So that was something you were working through, talking to her about a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. And she was actually oh, in wow. a relationship when we started talking. Oh. Um, but we were not talking romantically in any way, or flirting, or in in, in any way. We were just talking about life, the business, because she's a buyer as well um, in the business, and uh, we had like mutual friends all over the world and do the same things more or less, but we've never met each other. But so we were just talking about relationships and she was like, uh, uh, kind of giving me energy and said, well, you'll find someone. I promise you it's, there is love out there and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so that was cool. And and I knew that I didn't want to date someone in Canada because, you know, the Atlantic ocean is way too big um but anyways uh, yeah so with that just continued she broke up with a boyfriend uh, in december i think late december uh without telling because she didn't want to make it weird between us as if i had anything to do with it. um so and christmas day also i can just add this uh, the ceo calls me on christmas day and just runs some numbers with me and asks like for why do you want this and this and this and i just went through that and he said well merry christmas you got yourself a deal so that was like yeah yeah. i've been in business 20 years and i hope i get that christmas call one day that sounds really beautiful (laughs) yeah Yeah, i was super happy and this guy is such an and you got this this friend this new friend on instagram so things are looking up yeah everything is great and we decide like me and me and uh, her uh the canadian she uh we decided to like meet up in paris for two nights uh, just to hang out and we uh, will invite some mutual friends and we 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 all just hang out uh so mid-january by the way this contract is not signed yet with this other company uh the investor so we just everything drags out because we're in different cities and but i'm i'm good you know because I know we've got a we've got an understanding, and I know he's good for it, and I trust him, like because he's a great guy. Uh, but we, so I go to Paris to meet up with um, uh, this girl, um, and also to Dubai, and we hang out for two nights, and we have a good time. Uh, I don't think too much about it. Uh, we're just like, yeah, this is we're just as good friends as as I thought we were. Nothing romantic happened on those two little visits. No. Not at all. Wow. Okay. Uh, so I go back to Malmo for like uh, 18 hours before going to New York, which we also like, we decided to like, we'll meet up in New York for two nights as well. So when I get to Malmo again, I'm like, damn, what is this? <laughs> what is this feeling I have? You know, so I, I just start missing her like crazy. Like, I didn't understand why, why am I, well, I could understand what, what was going on, but, uh, so I get, I start getting nervous. Like maybe she doesn't want to see me again. What, what if, uh, what if she thinks I'm annoying or something, you know, these, you know, when you're trying to date someone and you just want to be a, like a real good person, 
but you always think that you screwed up because I don't, I don't have that confidence. <laughs> um, so, uh, so when I land in uh, New York, like, uh, what would that be like 24 hours later after Paris? Um, I'm like, uh, I'm writing this text to her and ask like, Hey, do you want to, do you still want to hang out? I, I understand if you don't want to, it's all right. You don't need to, you know, I, I won't get offended in any way, but I would love to, if you, if you like to, you know, this awkward text. And she will, she responded right away. Cause she, then she lands in New York and uh, she says, yeah, of course I would love to. And uh, we meet up the same night and go on this for me. The most wonderful days I've ever been to in this jazz club up in uh, Midtown, New York, where like this old uh, child uh, book uh, animator painted all the walls like in the 40s. So it was like super good. And it was this perfect jazz trio playing like the Levens, Miles Davis, Coltrane and everything. And I'm and I'm just looking at her and she she has become the, like the most beautiful person I've ever seen. Adam, this is where I would love you to lay in some like old classic vintage jazz, sensual, beautiful music to underline this story. It's, it's feeling pretty damn the good right now. jazz club. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what I can yeah. pull off. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, so so I'm having like the the night of my life, and I'm like, so I gotta make this. I just gonna, I need to sort this out for myself, so I'm not going crazy here. So I ask her, and like, so what we're doing, are are we dating now? <laughs> <laughs> and because I, I wanted to know, I don't want to like guess anything. Uh, and she says, well, I don't know, are we? And I'm like cool then this is a date because <laughs> she didn't say no so i thought yeah, yeah. this is a date and uh, then i said well then i have another concern and that's like uh, the distance and she was like i don't you don't need to think about that i think if you really want something you'll sort it out and you you'll find a solution uh, and she's talking about us not like i should find a solution but we will find a solution and um, well, that week uh, she spends like three or four extra days in New York and we take into the, this hotel and I have the best week of my life. And she says she has the same, like she, she, she feels the same way and we decide to get married. <laughs> I don't know, that doesn't set, any, and, uh, set off any alarm bells for me. How about you, Adam? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's I met on Instagram, a, had a little Paris, a had a little New yeah. York. Uh, let's get married. Yeah, let's get married. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're clearly and very much in love. Yeah. You actually said in your little note to me, it is the first time in your adult life, which means that when the person that you had been engaged to, you weren't in love with. Yeah. No, I thought that was grown up love, you know, where you get along with someone and yeah, yeah sure, I love her, you know, but not this fire. You know, when you're teenage love, you know, you're all burning inside and you just have all these emotions. I just thought that that was something in my teens or something. But then all of a sudden, all these things, they just come alive when I see this woman. And I, you know, I've never, it was damn magical. Okay. So you split, you go back to Sweden, she goes back to Canada and you decide you're going to get together again. Yeah, exactly. So we actually, fi uh, we filed the migrations papers um, they are done. And that, that took a long time, like five hours each, just writing stories. 
uh, to the Swedish Migrations Office uh, Agency. Um, but um, so, and also on uh, on uh, and we we FaceTime every day for like between two and four hours. So it's and we we're just bursting. Or, or <laughs> I'll have to just speak to myself. But I'm 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 so in love. And um, on um, on uh, Valentine's Day, she, uh, she surprises me and she says, I got you a gift. I was like, all right. We, we said that we weren't supposed to get anything, but all right, cool. Uh, and I actually got, got her flowers. So I was, I was safe. But um, so she says, do you want to see it now or in Tokyo? Because we were supposed to go to Tokyo one month later for buying a buying trip. Uh, she would do the buying for her company and I would do the buying for Meadow. Um, and she says, and I say, yeah, sure. I want to see it now. And uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. And she says, all right, close your eyes. And I close my eyes and she says, all right, you can open them up. And she turns the phone to her arm and she has my signature on tattooed on her arm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So she tricked me into saying like my dad, he, 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 um, he, he, um, what do you call it when you, uh, interpret handwritings so you can see like what type of personality yeah, to see if she's a serial like killer right i mean like like if you had her signature <laughs> no, you could determine i'm just kidding so yeah so a, a handwriting <laughs> analysis yeah yeah exactly yeah. uh she, she told she told me that her dad did those things so i, I just wrote down my nickname in swedish which is uh, stoffe and uh it turns out she tattooed that on her arm <laughs> and i just start laughing like nervously and happily because uh lo and behold i actually um booked a booked an appointment with my tattooer five days late earlier already you put her <laughs> name on your arm are you getting her name on your arm her face on oh my boy. arm all right the, pl the plot, <laughs> the plot it was actually a very <laughs> it was yeah, it was super crazy i know but um so then you have plans at that point to go to, to japan you're gonna meet yeah, I'm gonna and, and surprise her with my tattoo of her. Um, but so time passes and we still have this chat every day. And uh, Corona starts, uh, COVID starts happening a little bit all over the world. We're in like um, early March, and uh, you know people are talking about perhaps closing borders, perhaps putting people in quarantine, you know, and all these things. Um, but uh, so one day before we were supposed, yeah, this is also something that adds to it all. She stops with her birth control pills because we are talking about trying to get kids in in uh, in Japan. And also the wedding ceremony is paid for and booked in Canada. So my ticket, my parents, my sister, we all book flights to Canada for, for the, the wedding or the marriage. Uh, so yeah you know it's 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 intense um so one day before the trip to uh, tokyo uh, her trips get her trip gets canceled and that's the first blow uh but we're all right you know it's like all right this sucks um i kind of went to japan 90 percent because she was going and 10 percent to do work and you know perhaps have kids uh, 
So yeah. you get you get to Japan. <laughs> you can laugh. It's all right. <laughs> she, she didn't come to Japan because they canceled the flight, right? It's not that it wasn't yeah, because exactly. she was saying. So you get there, you're in Japan, and then then what happens? Yeah, and I and, and you know I have a good time. I do my buyings and stuff like that, and I meet some other friends, and it's all good. And I get and then when I'm in Japan, COVID really hits Europe, like Scandinavia, Spain, uh, Great Britain, everything. So Denmark closes its borders while I'm in Japan and like shit is starting to get real. Um, so I get back, I fly back uh, eight days later and uh, is greeted by the Danish army at the airport because that's the nearest uh, international airport to Malmö. It's only 25 minutes away. Um, so that is weird. And uh, a few days later, and yeah, and, and the the investment deal is still not signed. So I start getting really nervous about this. You know, what if they pull out? Because I can understand why you would not invest in a store when the whole world is collapsing. It might not seem like a good idea. And the problem is also the migrations papers that we sent in for her are based on that they will come in with financial support. So I can hire her. I can bump up my pay uh, to a normal pay so I can support us both, if that would be the case. So I start, you know, I don't tell her this, but I'm I'm super nervous and I'm stressed out about this. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Please, please do not pull out. And he, the CEO has told me before that you should not email me because I get so many emails. I never reply to them. You should call me or text me. But at this point... I'm like, yeah, I think I'll just email him because I don't want to stress him out. He's got 40 stores around the world that he is now handling. So I, I feel like, mm, no, I'm not going to chase him. I'll just write him a friendly email and like, hey, so how are things going? <laughs> uh, so I, I'm done with all the things I was supposed to do before we sign. Uh, yeah, why don't you give me a call? whenever you see this and i'm nervous you know i'm super nervous i am super stressed that every everything will just collapse and that goes from like being on top of the world with like finally the company will you know just grow just like i wanted to i met the love of my life i'm super in love to now all right the world is collapsing and a few days after that my trip to uh, canada gets canceled because flights gets canceled now and her trip to uh, Sweden gets canceled and Paris fashion week in June gets canceled. New York gets canceled. And we're like, Oh shit. What? And, but she, 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 she comforts me and says like, you don't need to worry about me. I, the, all I want to do is like, I just want to be with you. And that's why I'm living right now. And there is nothing that will change that. I will wait for you like for a year if, if I need to. I don't care. I've been waiting all my life to be with you. And I, I feel the same way. So I tell her the same thing. Um, and then, then uh, I noticed something changes like the next coming, you know, next seven days. The mood is not that, you know, the glow in her eyes kind of just disappeared. And I, I know, but I also know, like, we're in a stressed, stressful situation, you know, with, with COVID, like with the whole world, we don't know when to see each other. And it, it kind of sucks, you know, you can't make any plans. And all the plans that we did make are just 
demolished. So that's kind of painful. So, so, but I see this glow just disappears in her eyes when I talk to her, but I'm like, fine. Um, I've just tried to handle this deal with the CEO. So that is in place at least, you know? And, um, yeah, a week later, she, uh, I still haven't received any news or any message or anything from the CEO of, of the investors. So, and she calls me and, uh, I, I know that day that something is way off or end the day before I just, there is something is not sitting right at all. Um, so she calls me up and say, uh, uh, Hey, how are you doing? Uh, well, I actually say, hey, how are you doing? Because she calls me. Uh, and she says, yeah, I'm, I'm all right. How are you? And I'm like, no. You let me know now what is okay. No, no, no. You, you tell me how are you doing? No, stop it. You need to tell me what is okay. Because I, I, I know what's coming. And she starts, you know. Um, no, look. I, the thing is, I think you're a great. And I just stop her. And like, all right. All right, this, I, I know what you're trying to say. And um, okay, if you, if you wanna break up, I'll respect that. It, you're, you're, you know, you're crushing me and uh, you're breaking my heart completely. But um, if that is what you want, I'll, I'll respect that. And I won't be the psycho ex you know, running after you and, and yeah, I'll just, if that's what you feel like, then that's that. So I'm, I'm completely crushed by this. And, um, she starts crying and say, how can you be such an angel even now? <laughs> well, let, let us ask the same question. Like, how can you be such an angel at that at point? And not just feel like, what the hell? I mean, that, yeah. that is a rather two weeks later, we're supposed to get, yeah, kids. that's a rather shocking turn of events. So, so you're emotionally crushed. What what does the emotionally crushed look like for you? Uh, what how do you, what what happens to you when you're in that state? Um, well, I I uh, with her on the phone, I'm I'm more in shock. I think so. I I don't really say much. I'm like I just try to like say what what I do say is like well, I know things have been tough for me because of everything that we planned just disappeared uh, and we cannot do anything about it. But for me, myself, I know that when I would meet you again, everything would come back. And, you know, that's when she says, um, you know, how can you be such an angel? And she starts crying and I'm like, well, all right, that's about it. And, uh, I, and I tell her like, well, I don't know, but I was not looking for a new friend anymore. So I don't, you know, we're not gonna, we're not gonna work out like this, but um, I'll respect it. And if you don't want to be with me, sure. You know, so uh, that's kind of the conversation more or less. And it, it ends there because I don't have anything to say. You know, what, what can you say? If the person that you want to like get married and spend the rest of your life with just, you know, um, realizes that she doesn't love you. Did you, did you think, Hey, it's, this is really just someone getting massive cold feet. 
because COVID and now everything is uncertainty and she's, or did you just think, wow, this person really did not know who she was and, and led me down a really, you know, led me down a really dark path, making me believe in her. I mean, she got a, your tattoo on her arm. Like, what is she going to do? Add like yeah. St. Christopher and like have a religious conversion and say, that's what she always meant with Christopher <laughs> on her arm. Um, yeah. No, it's and and it says stuff. It's my Swedish nickname, so it wouldn't wouldn't so, work. So, with so, um, so is this at the point where you uh, begin to share this um, uh, on your Instagram feed? Yeah. Well, a while later, I just like and still I haven't heard from you know. So I'm completely crushed by that for a week. I cannot eat. I cannot sleep. And I, I you know, I'm constantly thinking of her, and I'm still thinking of her today, every day. But not with pain now i just i remember you know i remember the days and I, it was the best time of my life to this point and i appreciate that she gave me you know she gave that to me and um so so i'm thankful for that part <laughs> uh but yeah so i kind of you know i i introvert and you know you kind of look at every part of your entire life and what you're doing and why you're doing it and uh, and out of therapeutic uh, reasons, I just start opening opening up my entire private life on uh, Meadows Instagram and start telling my story because I need to do that. I cannot keep this inside because I'm in I'm in so much pain. I, you know, I, I didn't see any future anymore at all. And um, but I, so I just started to write about my life and what I do, and I skipped the products. We I mean the pictures on Instagram are still there. So you can, if you just want to look at the jeans or the shirts, you can still see them. You don't need to read the story. But what happened was that people actually really connected with this and they start writing me and they are thankful for, because I, I, I didn't write it in a, in a, well, kind of in a sad way, but always kind of try, try to look at it in a, in a good way. Almost objectively, like try to have some objective, Distance, or was it more seeing the the bright side of what happened? Yeah, I, I was always by the end of every Instagram post. I was trying to like, but life goes on. You know, we all we all we all have our we all face our challenges, and I guess we just this is this is my biggest challenge right now. And uh, but I'll get through it eventually. And uh, and people are starting. You know, they are writing me. I have like between usually we had like two people a week writing and uh, dm us and they they're just asking for measurements or something um but now i have like between 10 and 50 people every day just writing their stories and trying to cheer me up and being supportive of of meadow and uh, it was a it gave me so much more energy you know and something to look forward to i had no had idea. you been somewhat uh, somewhat uh closed off in, in in a way emotionally from a lot of people were you kind of like uh easy in an intimate with a couple of people able to open up but like if you expand the group a bit you were a little bit uh a little bit at a distance and was this like a new experience realizing there was a bigger network of people that you could connect with and that you could get, gain strength from connecting with uh yeah i've i've always well i've i've mostly most people on an arm length uh, distance there are very few people that actually got real close to me but she did that she opened up she opened me up completely 
And that's also a, th- a thing I'm very thankful for that I experienced this because she opened opened me up emotionally, you know, to the point where I, yeah, I tattooed her face and I, I'm planning to get kids. I'm, I'm, I'm getting married, you know, I'm just engaging myself completely emotionally. And it's, I just felt so good. But then also I, I burned more <laughs> than ever and I was in more pain than ever. So I, she gave me both, you know, the best time of my life and the worst time of my life. Wow, that I mean, that's a powerful lesson right there that sometimes we learn something very uh, powerful about ourselves through through an experience and a person that we could have never imagined being the 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 the, the manner of our the lesson that we were that we were going to get. That's I don't know. I, I suspect Adam might have something to say right at this moment. Yeah, um, I, I mean. I can totally see why people are DMing you quite a bit because as you told me that story, you know, I just thought back to my junior year of college when I had, you know, that same kind of relationship as well as that same conversation where it was just sparks and fire. And it was someone who I was, you know, interested in for like a couple of years, but, you know, we were never that close and she had another boyfriend and when it worked out, it was just sparks and, and fireworks and, everything was great. I wrote her a song on guitar telling her like, you know, the first time that I love you, you know, is like, you know, I kind of like did like a performance for it. And then she went away for like a long weekend with some friends, you know, I was like, cool. She came back and boom, I noticed it right there. And she sat me down and was like, Hey, you know, uh, we've had a great relationship, but it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's not what I want anymore. And you just, if you really love someone, if, and, and I totally feel exactly how you say is like, if you really love someone, you just have to respect that. And I was, I was just like, okay. Um, I mean, if you don't love me, I can't change the way you feel. So I have to accept this. And she's like, I can't believe you're taking it like this. Like, you're just, you're like, you're not really that kind of guy. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but that's how much I I really care. And I really understand that, you know, if it's not going to work, it's not going to work. And my question for you is that it took me a really, really long time to get over that. I think that was the most painful and crushing breakup that I've ever had in my life. And it, like, it took years, honestly, for me to really get over that. And I know this is really fresh for you. And, you know, I, I just see that phase you're in. And I was just like, I know that so well. And like, I can remember this conversation. I know you had it on the phone, but on this couch that I had in this apartment, it's like, that's like the one big thing that I remember. And, you know, one thing I didn't do was really open up and talk to people about it. You know, that was college Adam, you know, I was turning um, 21. Actually, I just turned 21. So I was like, you know, I'm like, okay, I got to party and drink this off or something, or, you know, find someone else, hit that rebound real quick. And I just felt so unfulfilled. So when you were talking with people, I mean, was that giving you a fulfillment or are you still just kind of like in that period of shock where you're just like, what is going on? Because I, I mean, I had that for such a long time and it's, it's nice knowing that (laughs) other people have had that you know, kind of happened to them because it's like, wow, like I know, I know what, what you're feeling and I know what you felt because I've been there before. So, you know, talking about it is definitely a different way that I did not experience. I, I feel like I took it really unhealthily. I closed in. I just, I didn't talk or do anything. I actually 
it happened over like um, the winter break. And I actually was like, Hey mom, I need to come home, you know? And I just, I went home and I just closed myself in for a while. So yeah, I mean, just how, how do you think that talking about it and, you know, really getting involved with, you know, you know, sharing your emotions is, is helping. Cause I mean, I, I didn't do that. <laughs> no, exactly. I, I think that's kind of the, uh, like, or it's been at least for a long time, uh, the male way of handling emotions. It's just like shutting down and just kind of suffocate them. And that was not how I felt this, this cannot be suffocated. This, I just have to open up. I have to tell my story. I, I just have to communicate it to someone. I don't care who, but what, and yeah, so, so it, gave me a lot of perspective because people were coming up with their stories to me and just trusting me with their life stories. They didn't, you know, most of them have never met me because the following on Instagram, it's international. And you know, they gave me like, it was suicide thoughts and it has been attempts of suicide and it's been divorces and it's been like, um, you know, heavy breakups and you know one thing after the other and that they just entrust me with like these stories and they ask for my number to like yeah i want to write you a real message uh, or they ask for my email so they can tell me their stories so i noticed that shit people really need to communicate about this there is a there is a big need and i'm not the only one this is this is much bigger now than i ever would have imagined um so for me, it was like people telling their stories about their heavy breakups, but also how their life has continued. And some of them had like met the love, the real love of their lives, like the, the one who actually also loved them back mm-hmm. and wanted to be with them. So for me, that kind of gave me the, uh, you know, wow, because so, I couldn't see a future anymore. You know, I was oh, yeah. this was the one and she didn't want to be with me. And that's it, you know. I've been waiting 36 years for this and that it just went to, yeah. I just want to say, I mean, it, it, it dovetails so perfectly into why Adam and I have been doing the podcast, just the incredible um, realization that even without an agenda, um, just the act of communicating, uh, we are, we are enriched by giving and receiving in this way. Telling our stories helps us and listening to um, the stories of others helps us. It, it, it emphasizes our commonality. It connects us. It makes us realize we are not alone in the world, that we are all sort of on, on parallel journeys, sort of uh, beside each other. So it's, it's a great, um, it's, it's powerful to hear you say that, that uh, this helped you in such a way um, you know, with, with, uh, with people um, it, it's, it's transformed also your attitude about your own business. I just want to read uh, something you wrote to me in the timeline you sent me. You said that this is, you know, basically this, this whole experience has made you reconsider what you're really doing at Meadow. You said that um, I realize I want Meadow to be about humanity, friendship and life, not products. They are not por- important during these times. And then, and, and then you say you decided to start a new, uh, a new web store. So, uh, your, it, it, your life has really quite b- bloomed and blossomed amidst this incredible, uh, incredible, uh, 
cauldron of things that went on between your personal stuff as well as the the COVID stuff. So you, you're seeming pretty strong and and very determined at the moment. Um, and and we and just just tell us what's what's in the, what's up next. Do you think in in the coming in the coming days? Uh, well, um, well, I can. I actually, when I was like just a couple of days after the breakup, I was like, "Heck no, I'm not gonna let this, you know, kill me," or like not not literally, but uh, I, I, and the whole COVID situation. No, I'm not. I'm not. I don't like it <laughs> one bit. And and so I told my colleague. Uh, I only work with another guy, Saroosh. Uh, you also see him a lot on our Instagram. Um, I told him, like, listen to me now. I want you on board in this. Whatever I'm going to say, you'll agree with it. All right? And he was like, uh, all right, cool. <laughs> He's getting a bit nervous because he, he also knows that I'm about to lose it. <laughs> I'm not in a good place. Uh, so I tell him, like, when I do my buying, next time whenever that is whenever they start opening up the world if it's fall or next spring and people ask me how hard i was hit by uh the spring and summer of 2020 i'll i i, I will be able to tell them that this was the best spring and summer i've ever had at meadow and that is what we're going to do no matter what we're gonna you know we're gonna break some damn records now okay and he was like yeah yeah yeah, I'm on board. I'm on board. And I was super excited. And that was, you know, that was a really good thing because then we've been working super hard. Uh, I'm working from eight in the morning till 11 in the evening every day, more or less. Uh, but it's super fun. And um, yeah, things are happening. Um, but, but by this time, I still haven't received any news from this, uh, this investor. They were still silent. And a week later, he... Uh, he calls me up and he, um, he says, hey, hey, Chris, how are you doing? And uh, like kind of positive. So I'm like, oh, that sounds good. <laughs> I'm optimistic again. And it's like, yeah, just um, so a lot of things has changed the last three weeks, as you noticed. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you can tell me that again. <laughs> um, but uh, I just wanted to let you know that we're still on board and we think this is more relevant than ever. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> Thank God, some good news finally, and um, yeah. So, so, but this is still not signed yet. But you know, we're still busy with dealing with all the whole situation, of course. But it's uh, I trust them, and it's it's all good. Wow. Um. Yeah. Really happy to to hear that because you know that's. I mean, I don't know if you saw me, but like part of your story, I was just off to the side, and I, this happens to me a lot where I'm just like my eyes are wide open, and I'm just like holy cow, I'm just so, you know, taken by this story. Yeah. Um, but one thing I want to ask you is about when you decided to, you know, really make it more about the clothes. Because I know I had a moment where, you know, on my Instagram, I was like, okay, I have, I have this feed, I have this following, you know, I love it, but there's more I can do. And I think there's more importance than just clothes and lifestyle to give to the community. And, you know, it's, it's such the denim community and the, you know, all that rugged wear community is just so awesome. There's so many great people involved in it, but what, what was like your kind of, you know, turning point when you said, 
hey, I, I need to give back more and I need to express more. And you now feel a responsibility to it. Like, you know, I have to do this because. Um, yeah, the, the turning point came pretty quick after the breakup. Uh, but that was just because I got some, this immense response to it. And people were starting to share, you know, right away. And of course, then I felt that this was, this is what I, this is just, this is natural. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like the store will be there. The, the clothing will be there. The pictures of the clothes will be there. So why not like, instead of a, like a product description in the, uh, in the caption, I mean, who reads those mostly anyways, <laughs> you look at the clothes and if you like the clothes, nice. And you can go on the site and you can read more about the clothes. But I, I felt like, yeah, this is, this is bigger. And I just realized like, we don't have that many followers compared to a lot of other people, but we have around like 23,000, 22 or 23. And it's still a lot of people uh, that you can reach by just trying to give them some positivity, you know, especially during the COVID when people are in lockdown, they're in, you know, they're in their houses, they're in their apartments, they cannot see their friends or family, you know, people are struggling. And people just want some optimism. So I just, you know, by writing what I'm going through, but trying to see it on the bright side. And, you know, that kind of resonated with a lot of people because everyone is going through a tough time right now. Not only me, it's like different levels. Some are having a much tougher time than I have. I've like, I've had friends, they or friends. Yeah. Well, now they're my friends, you know, telling me that, oh yeah, my, um, my uncle died, you know, took his own life uh, during this thing. And uh, I'm dealing with that now. And I'm now in, in lockdown, you know, things like that. And that gives me some perspective as well. Like, all right, I'm not going to complain about the situation. I'm just, I'll just try to give people some optimism. And it's super fun. Finally, I'm communicating for real with hundreds of people every day. And that is the most, I've never enjoyed my work more than this. And also before on, in the pictures on Instagram, we were kind of, you know, posing and we we're trying to look cool or something. We don't care about that anymore. You know, we smile and if I'm blinking in one picture, sure, use it. It's, it's, we're not, <laughs> we're not cool. We're just two single guys that just want to see someone, <laughs> you know, and spend our, we, both me and my colleague, we just want to settle down. But we don't have it. So that makes us lonely and sad sometimes. And that's life, you know. Something tells me people are going to hear this and you're going to get some, you're going to get some DMs with, oh my God, I want a sensitive, beautiful, uh, generous soul <laughs> like you in my life. But please take your time, dude, and contact us first. You, we're going to and make sure they're not from Canada. Pick something nearby. <laughs> I love Canada. Try like some nearby city in, in Sweden, maybe. I'm just yeah. I'm being lighthearted here. But I, I do want to go touch back with what Adam said. I think it's remarkable with this being such a fresh uh, wound, something that happened relatively recently, uh, that, that your, um, your bouncing back from it is, says quite a, a bit about your resiliency as a human being uh there, there's got to be some stuff in there that we haven't had time uh, as as we kind of wind down the show here um we haven't really been able to go back through and pick up um you know 
so I'm just going to very, very quickly, what are some of the things outside of this work that you love so much and the store that you care about so much? What are some of the things that you do sort of outside of work that, that charge you up? And then I want to just ask you one more question after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, what I'm right now, I don't have anything else than work. <laughs> well, that was quick. Uh, t- then tell us, please, Meadow. Why is that? It's a beautiful thing. We love meadows. Meadows are pretty. But why is it the name of your store? Uh, because my old colleague decided it. He was listening to a band called Dead Meadow. Well, we both we both were. And he said, "Shouldn't we be like name our store Dead Meadow?" First of all, there is a band called Dead Meadow, so we maybe should not steal it. Might might as well call it Led Zeppelin or something. Uh, and and second of all, what if we remove dead? That would be good. Like Meadow, it sounds good. Meadow, sure. And uh, this was like this. This was the most difficult thing to uh, uh, to handle starting the store. It's like the buying and getting a location and everything, and the bank loan that worked pretty quickly. But the name that was the difficult part. Well, we we know the name part because I remember talking to Adam, and the first thing he came back with when I said, "What is it? What is this podcast going to be called?" He said, "I came up with Veer." And I was like, what did you just say? So we asked our previous guests to take the uh, the podcast name challenge. We don't want to put you on the spot, but can you actually say the name of the podcast? Do you want to give it a try? <laughs> I'd rather not. <laughs> my my <laughs> Latin is not good. Beer vulnerabilities, beer. You nailed it. One of ten. Everyone's nailing yeah. it. Like. I, I had to read it. I picked up my phone. Well, I just want to. I just want to say, um, uh, dude, that a lot of guys wrote to me uh, through DM and just they had questions. They had, um, so, level, you know, just expressing their support. You got a lot of a lot of admirers out there. Neil from Standard and Strange, in particular, sent me some questions that got folded into this uh, into this interview. Um, I can't wait to this COVID thing breaks. I have some of my best friends in. Sweden and I'm missing them. And it's really a great and exciting thing to think that I can uh, come meet you in person next time. Uh, any, Adam, any, uh, any closing thoughts? Yeah. Um, again, I just want, <laughs> want this COVID thing to be over with, man. Um, but as, as someone who's been in your shoes and then six years later found the person I wanted to marry, what Albert said about taking your time is I, I couldn't, spell it out any better because I, you know, I don't think I went through a serious relationship for uh, quite some time and, you know, everything just seemed comparing. So what you're doing right now, really exploring yourself and really exploring your emotions and sharing it, I think is the healthiest thing possible for you. And I hope you continue with that because that inspires me um, to, to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, because I think that this podcast and, men really, really communicating about feelings is going to be way healthier than not keeping it internal. Uh, for me, I took it out on weights and a punching bag. You know, I was really into MMA during that time. And, you know, that was good for me, healthy, but I didn't talk about it. And I think what you're doing right here, talking about it and really communicating is giving people courage, hope, and just understanding that other people have been in their shoes. Because when I heard this story, I I knew exactly where you were in that place. And my heart goes out to you, man, because that, that messed me up for a little bit. But the more you keep talking about it, I think the more you're going to understand yourself and be ready to move on. And once that one hits and 
you know it, you know, you're going to have that same fire inside the glow, as you said, yeah, it's going to come back. <laughs> but I also want to say like, this is, I, I, I don't have anything against this woman. Uh, she's a great person uh, just so it doesn't sound like <laughs> throwing her under the bus because she was actually kind of brave realizing that she didn't love me and also you know canceling the whole thing which could be a problem for a lot of people they just like uh, you know mm-hmm. go on with it unsatisfied and unhappy so and I'm also th- very thankful that I got to experience both the high and the low because that changed me you know mm-hmm. fundamentally so that's very cool. Yeah, and I really hope that you get the uh, phone call a couple years down the line explaining why, because um, I I got that phone call uh, from like from a friend passing it on. You know, they were in a bar drinking, and they they called me and kind of talked it out, and I did get some closure. I hope you get some of that too. But yeah. man, I just my heart goes out to you, man, and I I just want to say just keep on communicating, keep on talking about it because the world needs this. Your future children need to know about this. And, you know, all the generations that you influence because of this are going to be better off. So I truly, truly appreciate you talking about it. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me as well. It's been great. We should do it again. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I I mean, man, I, I love these these podcasts. I mean, these are some of the funnest times to, to how to spend an afternoon or an evening. So I thank you so much for coming on. I know I told I told a friend that, that we were uh, talking to two people today and they're like, why on this gorgeous day in, in May are you going to want to sit inside talking to people and doing this thing? And I was like, you have no idea how much fun and how beautiful it is uh, to do this. So... Adam, you're always a pleasure to, to, to do this with. I just love you more and more. And Christopher, just a, a, a incredible experience. I loved hearing the story. Now that I've heard it twice, I could probably tell the story yeah. myself. Um, and we're looking forward to talking more, communicating with you, keeping in touch, and, and you'll come on Absolutely. the show down the road for sure. Um, Adam, you want, to, uh, you want to wrap it up? Absolutely. Well, this has been another episode of the Veer, Vulnerabilis Veer podcast. I'm Adam Glinsky. I'm Albert Imperato. And I'm Chris Sir. Thank you for listening. <laughs>